0: Good morning. I don't like that. We're going to turn that off. <laughs> and I'll just use my outdoor voice. How about that? Yeah, okay. I don't have much of one, so I apologize if it gets a little soft later But I'm going to try. Good morning. Uh, my name is Sean, if you don't know me. Although I'm pretty sure everybody here I've at least met once. Um, I'm the associate pastor here, and boy, howdy, am I happy to have you here. Um, I have a surprise for you today. We are not going to be in 1 Samuel. I can hear the shock in your voices. You're so surprised. I get it. I don't do this often. Um, I, mean, I like to stick with the series. But we're actually going to be in the Gospel of John today. We're going to be in John chapter 8. And I'll be starting in verse 31 and reading through Verse 36. So, in case you didn't catch that, that's John 8, beginning in verse 31, and reading through verse 36. If you are able, I do ask that you would please stand in the honor of the reading of God's Word, once you have found it. Again, that's John 8, 31-36. And the Word of God says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Mm. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before your throne, Lord, on this. Lord, on this Lord's day. God, on this day where Uh, During this time of the year where we who live in this country tend to take time to pause and celebrate the freedom that we have here, Lord, but may we never forget the true freedom that we have in Christ as we have just read in your word today. So, Lord, we pray that you would draw our attention to true freedom in your son, Jesus Christ, in his name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <coughs> okay, so in case you didn't catch the theme of today's passage, I'm so sorry. One second. That's I get for drinking too fast. I'm so sorry. In case you didn't catch the theme of today's passage, we're talking about freedom, and as mentioned, it's that time of year where freedom is pretty much on everybody's minds, especially, particularly in this country. <coughs> And the freedom that we tend to celebrate is political freedom or legal freedom. Um, some kind of freedom that has to do with <coughs> being able to do what we want without fear of oppression, tyranny, and taxation without representation. Um, but the freedom that Jesus is talking about in this passage is true freedom. is spiritual freedom. All of the legal, political freedoms in the world, as wonderful as they are, will not free us from slavery to sin. Will not free us from the bondage that so entraps our hearts, minds, and souls. I believe it is the Apostle Paul who says later in uh, Romans talking about the war between the law of the flesh and the law of the spirit. So here in this passage we're talking, that we're going through today, we're going, to, we're going to be reminded of what true freedom we have in Christ as his people, as his chosen ones. And keep in mind, as he opens this passage, uh, or as the passage opens today that we're looking at, it says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him. Now, why is he addressing Jews here specifically? And why did they believe that? Well, if you look back just a little bit, Jesus has been predicting his departure, his coming death. And he he is <clears throat> prophesying that and he is proclaiming that to all those who will listen. And uh, towards the end of that passage, <clears throat> he says, um, it says that they didn't understand him, so he began to speak to them. Or he, they didn't understand that he was speaking to them of the Father, so he begins to speak plainly to them that he is the Son, and that as they lift up the Son, the Son of Man, they will know that He is of the Father and from the Father. And so, it is in this, talking about, Jesus talking about not just why He's come, but also who He is. And some of these Jews appear to have believed Him in what He was saying. Now that's all great and good and everything, but Jesus here picks up on something that might be a bit of a problem. They might be giving intellectual assent or agreement to what he's saying. Oh, the Son of Man will be lifted up. We shall see that he is of the Father. We get that. We we believe that. But Jesus says, if you abide in my word, then are you my disciples? It's not merely this intellectual agreement, this idea that oh yeah, I like what he has to say. I I can dig that. No, it's the idea that not only do you agree with your mind, but you must be committed with your heart. That's what Jesus is saying here. Your your commitment, your your true identity as as one of my disciples will be borne out in whether or not my word abides in you. And how do I know or how, how do we know if his word abides in us? If we obey. That's the proof. That is the fruit. The old saying goes, the proof is in the pudding. Well, the pudding is the obedience that follows from that intellectual ascent and that heart commitment. Jesus goes on to say and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now people tend to tend to take this verse and kind of rip it out and they'll just kind of apply it to anything, won't they? Kind of just and they'll just apply it to anything where you know they're having trouble with having trouble in school or there's there's a fight going on and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's like Okay, I get what you're trying to go for there. But the problem is that the truth that's being talked about? Is the truth of the gospel? The truth of the gospel is what shall set me free. The truth of the word of Christ is what shall make us free. It is not the truth. It's not just any old truth. It's not just. It's not just the facts, man. But it is in fact the gospel itself that makes people free. Amen. Now, that is not by any means a justification for lying, Because if His Word abides in us, if the truth of the Gospel abides in us, then the truth is what will proceed from our lives, regardless of the circumstances. But it is the truth of the Gospel itself that breeds that obedience. So if we abide in Him... And for his word abides in us, we are his disciples indeed, and we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. Then, these Jews to whom Jesus is addressing, they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? there appears to be a couple of uh, let's call them inconsistencies here. So these people who are listening to what Jesus has to say, they're saying, we're children of Abraham. The children of Abraham have never been in bondage. So what are you talking about? Well, if cursory glance through the Old Testament, I mean, you don't even have to look real hard, and you're going to see some Jews who are in bondage to some other powers that's a fact now what they might have been talking about here is despite their physical circumstances the seed of Abraham the descendants of Abraham have enjoyed a particular position of privilege of uh, enlightenment for having the very word of God in their midst that's true but what we also might hear, might have here is a little bit of review of this history. This idea that regardless of our circumstances, we've never been advantaged in bondage to anybody. And so they say, in light of that, how can you say you will be made free? They're saying, Jesus, that doesn't track. That doesn't follow. We're descendants of Abraham. We enjoy the light, the knowledge, the glory of God given to us in the Torah. In the Tanakh. We enjoy these things. These are these are God's direct revelation of Himself to us as His people. How can you say we will be made free? They're they're committing a They're committing an error here. They are committing They're committing a a thought. Error here. They're thinking that because they are biologically connected to Abraham, that therefore they're already free. That by virtue of their genealogical heritage, that they are guaranteed this freedom and not only guaranteed it but they enjoy it. They enjoy it presently, curtly, That's what they're saying. But Jesus knows something they don't know. Jesus knows a lot of things they don't know. But in particular, he knows something here that they don't know. And that is that they are a bondage. Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. The world tends to view our ability to do whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, regardless of consequences, regardless of how it affects people. as freedom. Jesus is saying you're not free you are enslaved." and such were each and every one of us we were so bound by our own twisted desires our own sin sickness that we had convinced ourselves that we were free. We saw the things that we wanted and as long as we were able to go get them, we saw ourselves as free. The problem with that is what we wanted. What we wanted had nothing to do with God. What we want, in fact, had the opposite to do with God. What we want, what the sinner wants, what the human being left to himself wants is not God. It's anything but God. What the human being left to himself wants is to take that void that is present in all of our lives and put ourselves there like it is a throne of glory. That's what the human being wants. That's what the person who is genealogically connected to Adam and even to Abraham wants. We don't. Nothing about me in and of myself wants God. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but nothing about you in and of yourself wants God. Left to our own devices, we would happily go along, not just hop, skipping, and jumping, but sprinting down the path to hell. Because it's what we want. So all of those people who aren't in Christ today who claim they're not religious but they're spiritual who are married to any other system other than the person and work of Jesus Christ or are even saying they're searching for the truth they're not searching for truth they're searching for what makes them feel better about who they are and what they want. That's what every single one of us was doing before a miracle happened. Amen. And what was that miracle? God, the creator of heaven and earth, the sustainer of everything that exists, with his righteous right arm reached through time and space to remove that stony heart that was within us. You know the heart. It's cold. It is unmoving. And it cares for nothing except itself. He removed that heart and in its place He put a brand new heart. The heart of flesh. The heart that is warm, that beats, that longs for Christ and seeks to obey Him. That is when true freedom game yeah. I don't know if you're aware but there's this show that was pretty popular called Parks and Rec and there's an episode in there there's a character, he's a crazy guy he's he's not a crazy guy he's very small government you know, very you know, um, private sector, all that stuff. Small, small government is possible something he says in the episode is Um, history began on July 4th, 1776 everything before that was a mistake and the American in us really says Amen, absolutely I like that but the truth is from the time history did begin it has been a slow revealing process of God's redemptive plan for his people. And that culminated in the arrival of Jesus Christ who is speaking now to these Jews, to these people. The word of God, the very vehicle, catalyst by which creation was made standing in their presence speaking to them truth and life. of falling on their faces in worship and taking everything he had to say as if it was the precious air of life. Instead, found fault with anything he had to say. Looking for reasons to not believe. Falsely assured by who their granddaddy was that they were fine and that they were included. And with a simple statement, Jesus informs them that committing sin so makes you a slave. that is the truth. That is the beginning of the truth. That is the truth of the condition of humanity since the time of Genesis 3. Since the time, mankind bit from that forbidden fruit. Disobeying their God and their maker the condition of man has been that of enslavement and bondage to sin. Jesus is saying, you think you're free. You think you're free because you belong to the lineage of Abraham. But I'm telling you that by your very actions you prove that you are slaves. And there are people out there, there are our loved ones, people we know that we care about, out there, right now, Think they're free now, enslaved to sin. It'd be a really sad story if it ended right It would be depressing, it would be discouraging. I probably wouldn't want to get out of bed. But Jesus continues. Verse 35, and a slave does not abide in the house forever. Your translation may say something to the effect of, um, a slave does not have a permanent place in the home. We're saying the same thing. A slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son. A son abides forever. So Jesus is saying that you think by your lineage you're sons, but in reality by, by your very actions are proving that you're not sons, that you're slaves. And a slave has no permanent place in the house now, I don't know if you're aware of this, slavery was a really big deal in the Roman Empire. Slavery was huge. It's estimated that probably as much as 20% of the population in Rome were slaves. Um, and slaves, I mean, and enslavement came in many forms. Um, you had um, people who were paying off debt, you had people who had been taken as prisoners of war, you had people who had been born into slavery. Um, I mean, there were many ways to be enslaved In the Roman Empire. Um, It was also uncommon that a slave actually stayed in the home for the rest of their life. Um, In fact, a slave often was either sold or, um, depending on the generosity of the master, was emancipated, or another word for that is manumitted, free. Um, A slave would have, uh, many slaves as Reward for their many years of service were set free by their masters, but even then they didn't stay there. They would leave to go set up shop in their own home, build make their own home, build their own house. What happened? And so Jesus is saying, as slaves. To sin, you are not guaranteed a place in the home. You are not as secure as you think you are just because you can trace your lineage back to Abraham. Mm. Who your dad is will not save you. Who your granddad is is not going to save you. Who your great granddad is is not going to save you, is not going to guarantee you a place in the house of God. Because a slave does not abide in the house. forever. Now keep in mind, he's, he's speaking here to the Jewish people. To these Jewish listeners who are, who are saying that, um, you know, because they follow the Old Testament ways, believe in the Old Testament ways, that they are therefore they're guaranteed entrance. But Jesus himself is the embodiment of the new covenant. The new covenant is coming in to fulfill the old covenant. And so Jesus is saying you're tied to this old covenant and you're rejecting the new covenant that's staying right in front you. By virtue of that fact you're not sons. You're slaves. You're, you can't just agree with what I'm saying intellectually think it sounds good but then at the end of the day you're resting on your bloodline. Because a slave does not abide in the house forever. Only a sons. And then he closes the section with verse 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you are free. Jesus is saying right now you are slaves who think they're sons. But if I as the true son set you free, not only will you be free from bondage of sin, you will be adopted into the family and given a permanent place in the home. That is the beauty of the gospel. That's it. That is the wonder of the person and work of Jesus Christ is that not only are we set free to go out and do our own thing, because that's still not freedom, that's still bondage. We are set free and adopted. That in the Roman Empire was extremely you didn't adopt slaves. You didn't adopt former slaves. That was a, that would be a, that would be an imputing on the honor of, on your honor and the honor of your house. But God is saying, Jesus here is saying, you are set free, not to do your own thing, but you are set free to be sons of the living God, joint heirs with Christ to obey the very law that you hate right now. We are free in so many ways from our sin, from ourselves, from the punishment of our sin, from the obligation of the law. And we are saved to Christ, grace, mercy, and the gratitude of obedience. Your freedom doesn't, or our freedom doesn't free us to continue in disobedience. Our freedom frees us to obedience. That's the point Jesus is making here, is that your obedience no longer has to be an obligation. Your obedience is now an act of gratitude and worship. Because fulfillment on, for the law on your behalf has already been made. So, during this time of the year, when there is a lot of talk about freedoms and legal freedoms and political freedoms, and, and again, I don't want to besmirch these things, these are wonderful things. It is a wonderful thing to have the freedom to gather here together openly and without fear of government action against us. That is a wonderful thing. But even that in and of itself is not true freedom. Because true freedom comes only in freedom from sin in Christ. You can live in the freest country in the world, but if you are enslaved to your sin, you are still a slave. You can live in the freest country in the world, but if you are still bound, held back, Held down by the old man, they're still enslaved. Do you want to be truly free? If you want to be truly, completely, exuberantly free, come to Christ. Today, right now. you and God is the law fulfilled on your behalf or are you still bound by the obligation of the law and by your old sin nature come to Christ and experience true freedom (laughs) so that you truly have something to suffer and so that we as the body of Christ your true family, residents, and fellow sojourners of your true country can celebrate. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne, Lord, to give you all the grace, all the honor, and all the glory. Lord, this is your time. We have just read in your word what true freedom means. What true freedom looks like. So God, we want to pause and thank you. Thank you for setting your people free. Thank you for bringing true, genuine liberty to the house of Christ. Thank you for sending your son to deliver that freedom to your people. Lord, we pray that if there's anyone here who is resting, not in Christ, but they're instead glorying in their own sense of freedom, who think they are free in and of themselves, Lord, if there are any here who think that obedience to Christ is bondage, Lord, we pray that you would do what you do and grant a new heart. Lord, grant a new heart. Revive that soul. Open their eyes to true freedom in Christ. So that there may be rejoicing in heaven and on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.